Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. I could play right now if I wanted to play, hands down. Physically wise, I can do it. Mentally wise, desire wise, it's not there. My, my mind, my soul keeps telling me you need more time off. And when I feel like my body's top notch, my soul, my mind, mentally and physically, I'm ready, then I would go back to the NFL if, if I ever get to that point. Rob Gronkowski leaving the door open to return to the NFL. Got to get his mind right, PK. Been well, I beaten hope down. he gets his mind right. Or I, I hope lo- he stays retired. I was losing that joy in my life. Who cares? Patriot fans who want Rob Gronkowski back scoring touchdowns. Do they really? Miami Dolphins reportedly interested in trading for Houston's, Houston Texans. Javion Clowney, star pass rusher, franchise tag deal last season. Brian Flores, the Dolphins' new coach and other team staffers. I uh, have met with him, but no deal is imminent, we are told. He's a star pass rusher. Why doesn't Houston keep him? Because uh, they don't want to pay him as much money as he wants. So Miami does? Apparently, yes. I'd take that deal. Arizona Cardinals O-lineman Justin Pugh telling reporters the NFL is dealing with a risk-reward issue among players who aren't the caliber of Andrew Luck or Rob Gronkowski. If you go out there and you get hit, if you don't go back out there the next day, you're going to be replaced. That's the nature of our business. The nature of any business. I don't know if you're going to perceive it as negative, but the guy also has an opportunity to make a lot more money than he probably would otherwise and change the trajectory of his life, his kid's life, and his kid's kid's life. So I, I see why guys go out there and push through it. Really? I had no idea. Yeah, there you go. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I'm a competitive guy, and uh, I want to win in anything that I do, right? And so when I, when I was over there, uh, I, was, I just wanted to win, and I just wanted to go out and to compete and have fun. And the emotions are a little bit higher than, higher than normal, but I think I'm getting a little bit more used to it and being able to handle those emotions and just uh, being able to make sure that I'm assignment sound rather than just – you know, so emotional towards the game and, and feelings, but just being out there competing and learning that I got to do my assignment and do it correct so I can execute and help the defense out. Austin Lee played his freshman year at Utah. Now he's at BYU. Of course, Francis Bernard played at BYU. Now he's at Utah, so this rivalry game has guys who've been on both sides oh. and gone the other way. That's what makes it special. <laughs> He's a competitive guy. He won't be grandma in checkers. It's when you know it. When you when you drop the grandma, that's when you're competitive. And football season is here. Anytime I hear the phrase assignment sound, I know we're getting ready for Air Force. USC quarterback Jack Sears into the NCAA transfer portal. He was listed as fourth string on the Trojans depth chart. He's going to remain at USC for the fall semester. He'll get his undergraduate degree, and then he'll be off as a grad transfer somewhere and be immediately eligible to play. Uh, Utah recruited him, and it was Utah and Duke, and then he chose SC. You just never know. No, you don't. 
I don't blame him. I played started one game last year when Daniel's out. Now he's fourth. You only get one shot at this thing, man. You want to play, play. Drop down a level. Do whatever you got to do. Aubrey Solomon leaving Michigan, going to Tennessee, and he's going to be immediately eligible. So BYU, there it is, a 6'5", 300-pound tackle. A former five-star prospect will be facing BYU week two. Why is he leaving Michigan? Played 18 games there. Don't know why he left. You can't give us half the news. I just did. You can't do that, well, man. I'm a good teammate. Journalist. I left the other half for you. Me? I have no clue. Never heard of the guy. <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. I'm asking this one more time. Go shoot the ball. Go shoot the ball. Go shoot the ball. All right. Can I have my phone? No, he's not coming. Say that. I'm going to make sure I put a bullet on your head. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's a former girlfriend of Marcus Cousins who's seeking a restraining order order against him. She said in court documents and a police report that he had threatened her and previously choked her. And then uh, TMZ got the audio tape, and there you go. The NBA said they are aware of the reporting and are, quote, investigating the allegations. DJ. You got got no, no opinion of it? Uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to be playing basketball, but he's already heard him not playing basketball. But if that's if unless there's more than what we just heard there, I don't know how he's going to explain that away. But it sounds like he's not going to be playing basketball. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Walk-up music for... You know the story behind that, don't you? phenomenal. Yeah. Going with the police and Roxanne. Don't throw shade at Christian Yelich. No, no, no. no. Christian Yelich's walk-up music, Roxanne. He was trolled by a Twitter user named Roxanne. And there it is. Don't mess with Chris Yelich, I guess. That's the bottom line right there. Astros, 15-1 over Tampa Bay. Houston. Tune it up for the postseason by crushing the Rays. Dodgers tuning up. Lost the game to the Padres. They got back by blowing them out 9-0. Walker Bueller striking out 11 over six innings. Ready for Walker to dominate in the postseason? He'll go a long way towards winning it if he does. See the ace of the staff now? Uh-huh. The big man. And the Yankees also tuning up for the playoffs. They bury the Mariners 7-0. Masahiro Tanaka shutting down Seattle. You still got five weeks to go. You're not going to go every win for the playoff teams by tuning up for the playoffs, are you? We'll have to see. It's up in the air. Cubs 5-2 over the Mets. You Darvish win eight innings there. So a lot of the big dogs looking good. Cardinals doing their thing. They beat the Brewers as well. Cardinals three games up on the Cubs. Milwaukee's now six and a half back. Dating. All right, DJ and PK, there you go. That is what is trending. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Wednesday's going to be a couple of Rileys this season. Talking college football with Riley Nelson, BYU football radio analyst. He'll join us at 730. So the life of Riley? 
Riley Jensen, college football insider. He's been joining us for years. Oh, 15 now, isn't he? He will, uh, yeah, about, yeah. He'll be here at 8 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Major League Baseball, the Houston Astros 15-1 winners over Tampa Bay. The college football news, Jack Sears has entered the NCAA transfer portal. The USC quarterback will be eligible to play next year. He's fourth string on the Trojans' depth chart now. Salt Lake Bees lost to El Paso 7-6, Game 3. Tonight at 7 o'clock, you can listen to the game here on the Zone Sports Network. And Kansas City Royals owner David Glass negotiating to sell the team to a local businessman, John Sherman, for more than $1 billion. Deal expected to be finalized soon. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Fantastic rates, free car washes, 24-7 shuttle services, detail oil changes, and glass repair while you're away. Diamond Airport with the best rewards program in Utah. The only airport valet service in Utah. Park, ride, and save just off I-80 and Redwood Road. That's Diamond Airport Parking. The 2019 season begins this week, and what better way to kick off the season than... The Holy War. Listen all week as the Zone Sports Network gets you ready for another chapter of the BYU-Utah rivalry. Then, on game day, legendary. catch the Holy War pregame show beginning Thursday at 6 at JCW's in Provo. They gonna talk about me. Your home for the best Holy War coverage in Utah is right here. Legendary. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services and Master Electrical will light up your day. Give us a call at 801-543-2222. We'll be right on our way. That's 801-543-2222. All right, question of the day is up. BYU, how many wins are they going to get? Where are the big wins going to be? How many losses? Where will they feel the pain? How is this going to go? Some of you are taking this seriously. Some of you are having fun. Evan, 1-11. Evan Westlikes is 1-11, but they will beat Utah. Rick sent in his staff. You know, if they beat Utah, it goes on the Mount Olympus of wins over Utah. I thought you were going to go to the Mount Olympus of BYU football wins, but just the Mount Olympus of rivalry game wins. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you want to put it on all time, that's fine too. But they've had so many great wins all time. You know, I don't know that this would count, but if you want to, fine. But in terms of the rivalry, if you were to ask, see, we always talk about the Mount Rushmore, but we've got to localize it. So we go to Mount Olympus. So if you were to put, what do they got, four? Do you want to localize it even better and say Mount Timpanogos? No, I want Mount Olympus. Okay. I don't want to drive down there. Mount, Mount Timpanogos, you, you hike it and all that stuff. It's got its, got its own. Plus, it, it's too hard to spell. And so you could put it in Olympus easily. And it would shine bright. See, that the Mount, the Mount Tipinogos would just shine in Utah County. But here, if we had it on Mount Olympus, then Ute fans would be forced to look at it all the time. Good point. Because just the way it sits. So if you were to say, what are the best wins for BYU in this series? 
since we're talking about the series. We can talk about overall another time. But in the series, if you put the two best wins for Utah and the two best wins for BYU for a total of four, if they get this one, I think this has got to be on it. It would be one of the top two wins, all things considered. Even if it's a snooze fest, even if the game is 10 to 3 or something, if it's boring, it, it doesn't matter. The implications and the so much hype that the Utes have received that we've forecast and chronicled and discussed and dissected over and over and asked every single national guy, what do you think of the Utes? This would have to be right there. You know, the other one, I think, is open for debate over the years. But this one would just be sensational. Back to Harlan was the first thing that came to my mind. That's fine. But that was more for the excitement of the game. Right. And BYU had already already clinched the outright commerce title before they took the field. Right. It was a done deal. They had the two-game lead. So the excitement of the game was epic. And the play. The play capped an epic fourth quarter. It's the second most famous play in BYU history. Uh, Lavelle's final game, sending sure. him out with a rivalry win, having to convert on fourth and 17. Absolutely. That game had back and forth in it. Utah started fast. BYU took the lead. Utah came back with a late rally. Yeah. And BYU had the final drive. So that had the whole roller coaster of emotions for both teams. And that's not even the longest conversion. Nope. On a fourth down. Fourth and 17 got trumped by fourth and 18. Yeah. Right. Those would be there, but I don't think any of those surpass if they were to get this one. And I'm sure some old-timers in the rivalry can come up with some other ones, too. Well, since it took them forever to beat Utah, I assume the first time they did, that was a big, big deal. There are pieces of those um, goalposts still floating around. Floating around. They're levitating. They're okay. They're wood, but so it's like like Apollo thirteen or something. They're in oh, yeah, orbit. They, they sent them off a no. They're launch. levitating somewhere. We don't even know where. I had a neighbor of mine show me a piece of. They hacked it up into pieces. It could be like a balloon. It. It's still out there, just floating over along. the South Pacific right now. We have no idea, but they're floating around somewhere. We know they're there. We can't see them. They're sort of like angels. We know they're there. We have evidence of the good that they've done, but we literally cannot see them. But we can see their good works. The Utes' big wins. Oh, now you want to go Utah's Mount what? Olympus? No, you said there were two and two. You said there were four. There were two for each team. So up why are you saying no? That sounds like you did. the answer is it's yes. not their own Mount Olympus. They are sharing Mount Olympus. But you want to go to the Utah? I'll thing. go to their their side of Mount Olympus. Yes. Yeah. Should well, we go two and two or every other one? Have a brotherhood <laughs> and alternate red, yes. blue, red, blue. Mm-hmm. We weren't here for it, but everybody talks about ending the streak. I think Lavelle's teams had won nine in a row in the 1988 game. It's Scott Mitchell, Bedlam, Chaos. You fans seem to really I, hold on to that one. Yeah, I would go uh, 2003 and 2004. 2003 is the first outright league title for the Utes in 45 years. Right. And they shut out BYU in Provo and ended the That's more important streak. to say we finally don't suck. 
<laughs> we got one. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a, a nice win title. and all, but that's just it's like a footnote compared to where the program is now. It's not anything that you would just uh, be super proud of. It, it's like acknowledging, man, we weren't terrible that year. Look at us. How pathetic we were. We finally got one? Nah. That's not good enough. That's not the state of the program. I wouldn't want that. I would want something that was an accomplishment. I would not take we don't suck. I think I'd take 08 over 04. I wouldn't. 08, they were both ranked. BYU came in with a loss. Utah was undefeated. There is no 08 without 04. 04, Utah bust the BCS yeah. for the first time, but it felt like a coronation. You knew they were going to win. Right, but it was such a significant moment. It will stand in time forever. Bum, bum, bum. 08 was nice, but I didn't think they were going to lose that game. Apparently you did, I guess. It was a close game in the third quarter. I didn't feel like they were going to lose it. And then they came up with six turnovers. Well, without those eight runs in the eighth inning, man, we battled them. I mean, come on, what the heck is that? (laughs) All right, eight five five three four zero zone. Ralph has given. You knew us a he call. wouldn't be Tanner if he was an old time BYU fan. Ralph, good morning. Good morning. Hey, Ralph. The uh, the the most memorable win I remember, uh, and you have to go back a long time since I go back a long time was nineteen fifty eight. Tell us when BYU when Lee Gross Cup All American quarterback for Utah. Uh-huh. Was was playing and uh, BYU won the game fourteen to seven. It was the second BYU win over Utah in history. Number two. Number two in nineteen fifty eight. Nineteen fifty eight. Who was coaching for BYU then? Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. Might have been Hal Mitchell. I can't remember for sure. All right, there you go. 1958, Lee Gross Cup. Heard of that name for sure, because he's a broadcaster. We've had him on this show. And it's a cool last name, Gross Cup. It's got a certain rhythm to it. That's one of these names, man. It's like John Hadle. (laughs) It is John Hadle. You heard of John Hadle growing up. Uh, That was my dad's guy. Loved him, frustrated by him. Heard about him forever. John Hadle. Yeah. Yeah. What a name. Went to the Rams and was the Offensive Player of the Year. Really? That was a long time Of the ago. year? Of the year. Had a big year late in his career. John Hadle for the Rams. St. Louis? L.A. Nineteen fifty eight, circle it, PK. There it is. That's when John Hadle had his big year. No, that's when BYU oh. beat Utah. Put it up there on the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Ralph was there taking down Lee Gross Cup. He first didn't say win he was there. First win in sixteen you years. Are you possibly reporting something inaccurate? At no Ralph, point call did, back. At no point did Ralph say he was there. Ralph, you were there, weren't you? I could tell by the tone of your voice. He's <laughs> just making stuff up. I meant he was there in nineteen fifty eight. No, you didn't. Yeah, I could have. Well, you didn't. Uh, probably not. But still. <laughs> He could have been watching it in his HD big screen. That seems unlikely. <laughs> 1958. Got the first win in 42. Got the second win in 58. I wasn't even on Earth in 1958. Me neither. 
Or maybe I was. I don't know. What do you folks think? In the whole reincarnation thing? Sure. Nah, you know, like the angels thing. Oh, okay. Like going back okay. to the floating goalposts. All right. Or they're there. We just have, we can't see okay. them. Maybe I, see I was here saying. doing good works. Yeah. But you didn't have your current social security number. That's what you're saying. No, I didn't. Nor did I have my picture ID. I went out of town over the weekend because I got my driver's license stolen. And my dear sweet wife, I told her to bring my passport. She did not. And so I just had the uh, paper ID, Mm -hmm. which has a picture on it. But, oh, my gosh. At Salt Lake Airport, I was going to ask the guy if uh, he had ever done time. (laughs) I started singing Moon River. They were checking you out. Holy freak. So knowing coming back yesterday that I would have had to go through the same thing, mm-hmm. I wore gym shorts and a t-shirt. Oh, yeah? Yes. And they patted you down? Frisked you. But it was far, far, far less intrusive. By the end of that thing, going, it's all like, and the funny thing is, I mean, they just, jeez, buddy. The guy says, have you ever had this done before? I said, only for fun. <laughs> of course, he had zero sense of humor. Zero sense of humor. And ah. <laughs> I can totally see that. <laughs> right before a guy, another guy for the TSA says, "So, Patrick, is this going to be on the news?" <laughs> so they know who you are, but they're putting you through this. Other guy recognized me. Yeah, the the other one. But man, holy cow! Did he just? touch every part 15 <laughs> times over. I had a collared shirt. I wasn't going to make that mistake the second time around. It's the first time I've ever flown in gym shorts. I felt like Monson. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big setup. This is all a big setup to drop that line. <laughs> so like Monson. You were torturing him yesterday afternoon. That was funny. <laughs> I left that remote. It took me like 30 minutes to make a left-hand turn and get on the freeway. I listened to the whole thing. You were probably only like five minutes behind me. <laughs> I was torturing him. You know exactly what I meant. <laughs> you wouldn't let him have the last word. You just kept going at him every time he said something. All your best lines, all your classics, except you didn't hit him up with the word little because he didn't use the word little. A little. You love to do that. That's your little theory. You got your little call right. <laughs> you condescend to him. You didn't do that. That was like well, the one we're break. We're just having a discussion him. about sports. <laughs> you were not. You were you were tweaking him nonstop. <laughs> it was nonstop. Take every time you've ever mocked. I don't know, Kyle or A Rod or Kalani or whoever. And you had them all up, and Gordon got more than that in one segment. <laughs> well, he's bugging me. Uh, he, clear, attacked me. he attacked me. <laughs> he attacked me. He attacked me. So. I only know one thing. Attack! Attack! Yes, if you attack me, I attack back. What can I tell you? He attacked me, so I attacked back. like straight out of Braveheart. Freedom! And then PK charges. I I can't help it. All right, DJ and PK, it's time now to talk a little football with former Cougar quarterback, current BYU football radio analyst, Riley Nelson. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. 
Morning, and BK, it's kill or be killed, right? <laughs> exactly, Riley, dog. yes. <laughs> See, here's a man who knows what he's talking about. Absolutely. Thank you. He's been out there. He's battled, so he speaks truth right from the start. That's right. <laughs> hey, we got a question up on our Facebook page, and I want you to answer it, Riley. You can go to DJ and PK, or you can hit me up on Twitter, David DJ James. We're asking people, it's time for predictions. What will BYU's record be? Where will they get the big wins? Where will they suffer the painful losses? What do you think? What are your expectations? Knowing full well, you know, games are unpredictable and they'll probably cross you up, but you, you probably still have expectations going into this. Yeah, so uh, for me, kind of best-case scenario, I kind of break their schedule down into into the months that they play like the first four the middle four and the last four uh best case scenario is that they can squeak out uh at least in my opinion two wins in the first month which i think everybody you know would be relatively ecstatic about um the middle month which i think has some trap games and three of the four being on the road at best case scenario i think they go three and one and then best case scenario i think they finish the season four and oh worst case for me is is one and four or one and three potentially zero and four? Although I do see him sneaking even in a bet, in a worst case scenario, I sneak, see him sneaking out one in the first month. Uh, that second month, uh, two and two, because I think uh, Boise and Utah State are going to be tough games. But I think, uh, assuming they can uh, account for the style differences against Toledo, and I know South Florida's got athletes and those boys, but their program and the discipline. If you just watch their play, they're pretty sloppy. So. I think two and two there, and then uh, you know San Diego State poses the biggest challenge in that last in that last month. So for me, a, a best case scenario um, is probably um, like a nine and three, which I, I know is very optimistic and maybe shows a little bit of the homer in me. And a worst case is six and six. Yeah, I can see that. I like the way you did that. Uh, to me, you know, this streak has taken on somewhat of a mini life of its own, and the streak at some point is going to be broken for sure. But I don't think that whenever that streak is broken, whether it's this year or next year, whenever, I don't think it's going to be broken simply because the law of averages is going to take over and you're going to win the game because you can't lose to them forever. I think in order to beat Utah, particularly this year, you're going to have to play at a high level. That's what it's going to take. And you're going to have to play at that high level virtually the whole game, recognizing there's some ebb and flows of the game. Because if you look at the number of games that have gone by, there have been times clearly when they've hung with Utah and actually dominated Utah, but then they don't finish the game as recently as last year. So recognizing that they have to play well, what would be some of the specifics that you need to see in order for the Cougars to win? So um, I know you can't prove something by a negative, but it, it, I have been as I've been talking with people about this game, if BYU does not give up a special teams or defensive touchdown, which they have done in seven out of the eight games during this losing streak, while never producing a non-offensive touchdown, they, have, they are yet to produce a defensive and special teams touchdown. But if they can simply, I believe if they can simply prevent Utah from doing so, I think they win the game. I think there's enough mojo. I think they have enough talent. It being at home, the pressure is mounting. Uh, Utah still, I, I know they've got a lot of dudes back, but key players are, namely Covey, Moss, and Huntley, are coming back off season-ending injuries. And, and it being a week one start, nobody's quite sure what they have, uh, you know, in the hand that they've been dealt for this season. So that is that to me is the biggest thing. It, the game last year turned on the pick six by Jalen Johnson. Uh, you know, thinking even back to, to my career, that game in 2012, 
we had a missed shotgun snap. They got over my head, scooped and scored for a touchdown. That was a 14-point swing because we were inside the red zone. You look at that game where, you know, Taysom Hill threw the hitch that bounced off the face mask on the first play of the game that was returned for a touchdown. All of these are tone-setting, momentum-changing game plays. And I think if BYU, you mentioned that BYU has proven they can hang. I think they can hang if they just don't give up that that uh, that defensive or special teams touchdown, which would not only shift the momentum on, between the lines, but I think, quite honestly, will deflate the entire crowd sitting in the seats at Cougar Stadium and make it really tough to overcome. Riley Nelson, BYU football radio analyst, joining us. Uh, you talked about the guys coming off season-ending injuries. You you had your fair share of injuries. Uh, why do you spotlight that? How do you think that's going to impact the game? Well, I just, you know, Covey's game, so let's start with Covey. He's a local kid, and and obviously someone I played with his older brother at BYU and someone who I hope has a lot of success, but his game is short, quick, hard you know he's putting a lot of force into the ground he's putting a lot of force on those joints and to do that in his knee and now i'm not even sure they've been very coy about how they utilize him i quite honestly think they'll ramp him up uh if not even maybe wait till pack play it pack 12 play before he's even full go but then you've got zach you've got tyler huntley coming off a collarbone injury which he's yet to take a life he's yet to get landed on he's yet to be driven into the ground he's yet to take a hit uh, to that position and, and all those things while they're not consciously no players consciously worrying about those subconsciously your brain you know just darwinism and evolution at itself is wired for self-preservation and so you're you're subconsciously your body is self-consciously holding itself back until it can prove to itself that it can go get back to normal and withstand itself so all those things for those key main offensive players um, are, are yet to be answered. I know they look great in practice, and they've looked great so far, but they have that. And also, you compound Moss's injury last year with the hand this year, and I know it's going to be fine. And, and broken bones, you know, I, like you said, I played with my fair share of those. And kind of once they're healed, they're healed. But still, you take a helmet right to that shot that you've been rehabbing and it's been sore for the last four months, your brain subconsciously wants to protect it. And that could potentially, I'm not saying it will, but it could potentially open up uh, an area to be exploited by the other team. How much will it benefit BYU's opportunity to win the game if it's, we'll start with Tyson Williams since they say he's starting, runs for 100 yards on the ground? Oh, I think it's. I think it increases their chances immensely. You know, I had forgotten until I went back and watched the game and prep for for tomorrow that BYU starting running backs were Matt Hadley and Riley Burt. Um, you know, Matt Hadley was kind of journeyman within the program. I played with his older brother Spencer, and they're great athletes, but he he was not. You know, he was not to the level of a running back that Tyson Williams is. Or to, it, quite honestly, in my estimation estimation what Tyson Lopini or Asupa are so you know the guy that they trotted out uh, to start the game last year they now have three guys who are going to take snaps who are you know better than him and then obviously Riley Burke could never find his on the way could never find his way onto the field and and had to transfer uh, in in hopes to get some playing time and and so the to be able to establish a run game with what I believe is some warranted hype BYU's O-line's been getting a lot of hype as I've kind of watched them play I think in the run game that's that's definitely warranted. I think in pass protection, at least to me, watching them on film and through fall camp, they have a little bit left to prove. But I do think uh, that they do have the ability to establish a run game. And I think Tyson Williams is a back that can, 
while he may not be like a Jamal against Arizona back in 2016 where he's breaking four and five tackles on each run, I do think he'll be a guy that when given you know, even the the minimum, uh, you know, uh, definition of a lane or a hole to run through, I think he'll take advantage and is very capable. If he averages five yards a carry and accumulates, you know, 100 yards in this game, I put BYU's chances of winning very high. Riley Nelson, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You know, Zach Wilson looked good at the end of last season. He's a true freshman. So now he's had time to you know watch film build on learn off all that stuff but they protected him from this part of the schedule he didn't play the power five opponents the first uh, the first half of the season how much is this going to be a step up for him and how much with that half season under his belt and then the off season the look at film is he ready for this yeah, I think Zach will Zach will rise to the challenge. Now, that doesn't mean that he will come out playing mistake-free football that you would see from an underclassman who has twenty plus start, or from an from an upperclassman who has twenty plus starts under his belt. There still will be mistakes that were made, but I think what is unique about Zach uh, is his his preparation. That that guy is all about football. You know, I almost envy him. In fact, I was always raised, the game won't last forever, and make sure you, you know, are becoming a well-rounded person and focus on your grades <laughs> and things like that. And look, Zach's doing fine in the classroom and all that, but whenever I talk to him or I see him, and and especially outside football st- uh, settings, all he wants to talk is ball. And that's something I kind of, he is all in, and so I think he's unique in his preparation. I also think he's unique in his confidence and his ability to uh, shake off mistakes. And I don't mean, when I say confidence, I don't mean arrogance. I don't think he'll be out there playing reckless to put his team in, in danger. I just think he will show the right amount of assertiveness to take calculated chances to give his team a, a chance to win. And if he does make a mistake, I don't think it will compound itself with you know a mistake in the next drive and another mistake down the game. And he's not the type of kid that spirals down. Now, another challenge that will be for him is obviously he's gotten a lot of kudos and he did show well uh, the second half of the season. It's not like all these opposing, opposing coaches, especially Coach Scally and Coach Whittingham, are sitting back on their heels not noticing. They've all noticed and they definitely want to make their statement to all this momentum that he's built that he built up over the second half of last season, come out the gate and squash it by making life really hard on him and, uh, you know, forcing a major struggle in week one. How much, it, how much does it help the simple fact that the offensive coaches, for everybody except the offensive line, are together for the second season in a row now, so there's some continuity there? I think it's a, I think it's a huge thing. Um, it, well, in most cases, I mean, you look, uh, of course, the Detmer staff wasn't as good in, in year two as they were in year one, but a big reason for that was they lost Taysom Hill and, and Jamal Williams, who are both on NFL rosters, right? So there was a there was a significant talent drop-off. This is a different case. Not only do you have the continuity of coaching staff, but you also have, for the, for the large part, con- continuity of talent and the continuity of players in the stable coming back. So I think that'll play in, in BYU's favor, and I also think that's something that's being a little bit overlooked on Utah's side. I know Ludwig's a familiar face, and heck, Ludwig recruited me to Utah, and he, of course, led him in, in that magical 2008 season, but the reality is the players um, who he's coaching uh, and the offense that he's installing, none of them have any exposure with. So he might, I know he's a familiar face to us fans, and he's been at the program before, but to the players, he's brand new. So it's a brand new day one start from scratch install for those players. 
And I know that's kind of become status quo with Utah, with I think eight coordinators and eight offensive coordinators in the last ten years or something like that. Um, but that's that's not to be understated, especially in a week one rivalry matchup on the road. Now they they're hoping that the talent can overcome them, but I gotta believe that it will. Um, that there's some ramping up that needs to be done with Utah's offense. So from that, from the continuity on BYU's side, and then the the new staff and new implementation of an offense, even though a lot of the concepts may be the same, is something is another reason why I would give uh, BYU you know a slight competitive advantage in this matchup. Riley Nelson, BYU football radio analyst, joining us. So with the Utes, what? What is the biggest challenge for the Cougars? What part of the Utes you think is the is the biggest thing BYU fans should be worried about? Yeah, I think uh, a couple of aspects. Uh, as I think back to the last rivalry matchup in Cougar Stadium, and, and Huntley didn't light the world on fire like he was doing in the middle of the season last year, but he still was he still caused fits uh, for for BYU using his his dual threat ability. I, I mean, I know that he's going to stay in the pocket and they're running a lot of play action and they're getting them under center. But all that said, if a play breaks down or the need to extend the play does arise, Tyler Huntley is very capable. In fact, probably the most capable dual threat quarterback or threat to run quarterback that BYU will face on their schedule. And so they got to keep him in check. They got to make him, uh, you know, make decisions, complete on rhythm throws from the pocket because whether he's picking up first downs with his legs or he's extending plays and getting chunk plays down the field, that can that can uh, make your day pretty ugly uh, in the first place. And then on the defensive side of the ball, BYU has to um, control the pass rush. Everybody's talked about the defensive line. Uh, I think that, like I said earlier, I think the matchup. For BYU, I think they are do have the horses in the stable to be able to withstand uh, that defensive front, but they cannot let Utah pressure the quarterback with a four-man rush. If Utah's going to get pressure on Zach Wilson, BYU has to be good enough to force them to bring five and six and pull guys out of coverage because if Utah can apply pressure consistently with a four-man rush, dropping seven with the kind of talent they have in that defensive backfield, it's going to be a long day for BYU. So that, those are kind of my two keys on offense and defense. Uh, that If BYU can make those two things happen or prevent those two things from happening, they're uh, going to be looking real good as the game comes down to the wire. You've probably had this said to you before, but Riley, you're really good at this. <laughs> I appreciate that, PK, especially from a guy like Kevin, like you who's been around for so long. <laughs> you, you know what you're doing, man. You were a great interview as a player, and you might even be better now as you've gotten older. I mean, you are really, you're just really good at it. Well, thanks. I think, uh, you know, I, I look up to DJ and PK who have been holding it down for so long, decade longer. I can hold, only hope to, you know, contribute to the uh, football sports media. I know you guys cover all sports, but at least do my part in the college football media and enrich the game for fans. Bottom line is I love the game. If it if it weren't for the volatile nature of, of college football coaching and the stress that I see those guys, you know, 40-year-olds looking like, 60-year-olds, I probably want to coach. But <laughs> this media this media gig's a lot better because I get to do all the fun stuff and none of the nasty stuff that nobody wants to do. So I love the game, and I hope I can uh, be a part of it in some way for as long as I can. Well, I think you've chosen the right path here, and you've avoided uh, you know a flight out on a Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. to go recruit. So staying away from <laughs> exactly. that, that's a positive. Riley, thanks yep. for a few minutes. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again next week. 
Thank you, fellas. Talk to you next week. Bye. All right. Riley Nelson, BYU football radio analyst. No shortage of opinions there. No shortage Never. of takes. No shortage of uh, yeah. delving into both teams. Well, he has a way of presenting deep information in a conversational way that the casual fan who doesn't break down X's and O's for a living can understand. So to go back where we started with that, the best case scenario, 9-3. and three, I think so. I, I thought yeah. he was on to that. I'd but the worst case scenario... There are scenarios where they go five and seven. Yeah, but he acknowledged there's a little bit of homer, and I don't have sure. any problem with that. You, as long as people, you know where they're coming from. The yeah. problem I have is when they try to fool you into telling okay. you they're not, but they really are. Right. So come clean right off the start, and I understand it. That's you know, you, you talk to a guy like like Rebel. Well, you understand where he's coming from, so I don't have any problem with that. Right. And so well, we're be, we're not coming. We're not coming from there. We didn't go to school there. It's not our alma mater. We don't feel the same way. And it could. They could get away from them. They could go five and seven. They could, but I would agree with Riley more on the six and six worst case than I would the five and seven worst well, case. I agree the six and six is more likely than five and seven. I, I told you on TV Sunday night, I actually think they're headed for seven and five. I don't think they're going to go five and seven, and really, I can't accept five and seven. I, I get both those things. I don't, I don't allow it in my mindset this year. I, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to be five and seven, and I agree with you, five and seven would, would be horrible if it happened. You can't allow it. That'd be terrible. I don't think that's where I they're have, going. In my mind, I struggle to come up with a scenario of five and seven. Injuries always being the great equalizer right. or decimator. Sure. Any team that loses two quarterbacks is in for a long season. Most likely, yes, right. unless you're Ohio State. Yeah, we know them, right? The exception. Thanks, Cardale. <laughs> Thanks for being the outlier. All right, DJ and PK at 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Riley Jensen, our college football insider. Coming up at 8 o'clock, the countdown is next. Win, win, win. It's a win ticket Wednesday on the Zone Sports Network. It's a win ticket Wednesday right here. Win. Listen all day for the win ticket Wednesday sounder for your chance to win tickets. What? Who authorized that? To all the biggest concerts, games, and other great events here in the state of Utah. It's a win ticket Wednesday right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Woo! On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Come join the zone in ARUP Friday, August 30th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at ARUP on 9786 South, 500 West. Come save a life and donate some blood. It only takes 30 minutes and you'll receive a great Megaplex gift card, popcorn voucher, and jazz gear. All right, PK, what a journey from 100 days down to one day. We started the countdown 100 days from the 100th rivalry game, and it's tomorrow. Yuck! The number one in the rivalry. Well, BYU's trying to win one in a row. You know, that one in a row doesn't work, but they're trying to snap a streak of eight losing, an eight-game losing streak, and they'd be going for one tomorrow evening at 8.15 Mountain Time. Oddly one. in the streak, two one-point wins for Utah. Oh, that's freaking oddly. Why is that oddly? Ah, why not? <laughs> okay. There have been six in the history of the rivalry. You got me there. Oddly... <laughs> 
Utah's won all the one-point games. Now that's oddly. I'll give you that one. Six one-point wins for the Utes, none for the Cougars. And I can hear BYU fans, that's fine. We want to win by 30 anyway. No, you don't. You want to win by nine, not by one. <laughs> you want to win by one. You just want ones. to win the game. Yeah, whatever. One, one, one. Don't that's a, bother me with details like the yeah, final score. You know, just win, baby. There's certain games that I can buy that where you're looking to show well, not just win. I mean, obviously winning is the most important thing. Uh, I think that in this particular game, in the rivalry game, for two reasons. BYU, you've lost so many in a row. And that sucks for you and your program. So you'll take a one-point win anytime. And I think for the Utes, and I've been saying this all month, their whole season is going to be wrapped up in 12 tests. Now, some of them are going to be more difficult and potentially more ramifications than others. Certainly, conference games have more ramifications than non-conference. But I don't care this year how they win. So if they go out next week, and they don't look all that good against Northern Illinois, I don't care. Just win, baby, you're going Al Davis. I think that for these guys this year with their goals, the goal is the Rose Bowl. That's the prize. That is most definitely the prize. And if you get there, it doesn't matter. If you run out that tunnel January 1, all that matters is you're there. And how you got there, whether you got lucky on ball bounces, bouncing your way or whatever, it doesn't matter. If you have a bunch of ugly wins this year, it doesn't matter because you are building for the Rose Bowl. And once you achieve the Rose Bowl, that's it. You've met the goal. So if they don't look good and they still win them all, I actually think that's better for the program. Give them more of a, of a hunger to know that you can play better and all that stuff. I don't I if I'm Utah, I don't want to just I know it sounds cool to dominate, but I'd actually prefer from a Utah perspective to have to have them struggle a little bit. So it doesn't come easy. And they don't because if it comes too easy, you figure it sets them up for a pratfall later on down the line. Wait a, yeah, They're because I mean gonna... they've been getting nothing but love. Nothing but love. No one has said nary a negative word about them all six weeks since uh, the season, since we met uh, a month ago for Pac-12 Media Day. Over over a month ago. Everything has been just plaudits and how great you are. So it's only human nature to just buy into it. I mean, why do you think I try to come in with nobody likes me, they hate me, blah, 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 blah? Keep you, you motivated. Yeah, you need an edge. An you edge. Need to keep proving yourself. A little yourself. angry. Yeah, there's a reason. People think I want to be this angry. I don't. I think you do. <laughs> I would much rather be loving and just uh, like you and full of fluff. But I can't. I can't. Riley Nelson, kill or be killed. Exactly. <laughs> he said it, man. He summed getting, it up. We had a lot of reaction to Riley. You'd fans did not enjoy that interview. I thought it was great. <laughs> Live life. Holy fetch. I didn't think BYU Radio could get more Homer. Everything this guy says is full Homer. I didn't think it was full Homer. I totally disagree. D- Darren says BYU's lost every game in the last 10 years in which Utah's had a new offensive coordinator. Just stop. Okay. Yeah, I think to Riley's point, though, it wasn't game one. I don't think they've they had did. a new coordinator every single they year. They haven't, but in all the years they have had new coordinators, it was often game two or three. And I think Riley's point was 
the first game of the new OC is different. Even by game two and three, you got a better idea what you're doing. Yeah, I'm more concerned about the players. Patty talks about the players. Utah has a lot of people returning from injuries. That's going to slow them down. Riley said something to that effect. I don't know if it's word for word, but it's close enough. And Patty says, conveniently forgets that Wilson had offseason surgery. Oh, and I can argue it's more major. And to his point, which I think is spot on about getting hit, getting driven into the ground and all that, because nothing is going to replicate a college football game, not even a college football practice or scrimmage. But if I were a quarterback who had shoulder surgery, I'd be worried about getting driven into the ground by a 300-pound guy. Then get rid of the ball. Yep. And if the ball comes out too early, will that mess up the passing game? All right, DJ and PK, we can talk all about that with Riley Jensen, our college football insider. He joins us next on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.